Welcome to From the Bone Vault, coming to you live from an old midnight lair. I'm Gil. And I'm Levi. And I'm Dustin. And guys, we watched Small Soldiers for many, 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 oh my gosh, I can't say it, Mini Menace Month. There we go. <laughs> Got it out on the second try. Yay. Good way to go, Gil. <laughs> yeah, guys, we watched uh, the, oh gosh, 1998. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, this was so late in the year. Oh, this makes my brain hurt. The 1998 classic film. <laughs> okay. We're going there. Small soldiers. No, I'm not. I'm lying. I say that tongue tongue through my cheek. I'm holding it so far. Um, <laughs> I mean, I, I yeah, I, I know. Think, I know. I think well, I think giving it I think giving it a really bad rep is not the it's not the best movie, but there's some um, there's some very uh, neat there's things some, about it. Yeah, there's mm-hmm. some redeeming qualities um, here. We're guys, gonna, we're, we're, I just we're made... We're definitely going to get there. But first things first, normally I would say, hey, Levi, hit me with some facts. But unfortunately, we had some scheduling things here, so uh, we're just going to kind of bumble through it a little bit tonight, guys. So, no biggie. Um, I think the first thing we ought to probably zero in on, and, and I think this is the biggest strength of this film, and is the cast. Oh, well, before effects. that, Gil, I, I want to mention who the director is because the one fact that I have, you didn't let me say. Oh, okay. <laughs> Do you guys remember who directed this? Did you notice? Joe Dante? Yes, from Gremlins. Mm-hmm. From our first Well, yeah, podcast. there's a Gremlins reference early in the movie. Yeah, there's a few. Yeah, there's, there's a they're, big one. They're scattered. They're scattered in this film. <laughs> they are there. But yeah, he was the director. Um, I do have the cast here. I can read out some of the cast, which yeah, I, I don't know if you guys were like me, but every time someone came on screen, I was like, holy crap, it's him. Holy crap, it's him. Through this um, whole film. Yeah. Well, David Cross is the one that really got me because he right. looks so young and vibrant. Yeah. Yes. Yes, he it he hasn't young. been funked yet. <laughs> um, but yeah, we have David Cross as Irwin Wayfair. And Jay Moore as Larry Benson with, I'm pretty sure, some hair dye in. Oh, um, that has to be. <laughs> he's like Jesus. blonde. And in this movie, he's got black hair. No, no, no. He's not like blonde. He's like, I should say, he's not He's not dark hair. He's like, I dip my hair in ink. <laughs> it's like he, then, like, like he has like just for men in. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but to keep the Gremlins theme going real quick, we do have the Futtermans, both of the Futtermans in this movie. We have Dick Miller as Joe the truck driver, and uh, Jackie Joseph was the wife late in the movie when uh, the steer- the speakers were blasting uh, Spice Girls, and uh, she was I, talking I crap about Phil Hartman. That. I I almost <laughs> fell out of my chair. I'm like, I forgot Dick Miller was in this yeah. movie, and he's not being racist in this one. No. Thanks, Dick. <laughs> but some other notable names we have. Um, we have uh, Gregory Smith, who plays Alan Abernathy, and I think he's on... Uh, crap, I had it written down, but I... Everwood or one of those He's in a police drama, too. Oh, okay. Uh, Is he now? Yeah, Yeah. in 2010, he was on a police drama called... I can't remember what it was. But it was like... Like, most of his IMDb is like that right now. And is is that the kid from Everwood, though? Is that that correct? I think so. This is the level of uh, depth we go into on this show, folks. (laughs) (laughs) I hope you appreciate it. Um, No, Gregory... I I saw him. Everwood. Yeah, he's in Everwood. He is. Yeah. And the and Patriot. He, he was in the Patriot, yeah. We're both looking at IMDb. Um, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> we also have uh, Kirsten Dunst as Christy Fimple. And um, the that Abernathy's, the dad, Kevin Dunn, I definitely recognized him from a lot of uh, 
what would you say 80s 90s uh, yeah. comedies and you you mean um, wait he doesn't have a name his he shouldn't even have a character name he should literally just be listed as dad, dad. yeah he's, he's dad always the dad. everything well one of the <laughs> things dad transformers one yeah. of the things that's funny is that uh, Kristen, Kristen Dunst is I want to say she's top billing like she's the first person you see on screen as far as the um Casco when they do the credits oh really wow I didn't notice that did I mean, she at this have point, another role between, bet- uh, like a another significant role? There's not one that jumps out to me between this and Interview with the Vampire. Um, Jumanji. So, oh yeah, oh yeah. That God, was was that mid nineties? I think that. maybe that's like ninety six, ninety seven. Yeah, that was right before this. I mean, like wow. if you think yeah. about it, she's probably the most famous person in this movie. Except well, for Phil Hartman. It, it depends on what circles you run in and yeah. uh, if you're counting voices, because obviously we have Phil Hartman, like you said. Um, we also have, before I move on to the really what I consider famous people, um, yeah, we Leary. also have Robert. Well, yeah, Dennis Leary was uh, uh, Gil Mars, the basically the same character that uh, Lex Luthor's dad played in Gremlins 2, <laughs> but a yeah, little goofier. And they had almost the same logo, which was funny. The little crushed. Uh, I thought I was about to watch like. a a, 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 a product brought to you by Clamp. Yeah, it's a shared in. universe deal. Like this is all that just the cool. one universe. Hey, this is it like his cousin. Because this may this may be where the next guy I think Levi was about to mention. Who's the next cast member that stands out? Robert Picardo, the he's doctor. In this as well. Robert he was the, in this, but he's very, very hard to spot this time. Especially after he sneezes in his and, in his clean suit. By now, his hair is gone, and I think that sneeze was real. I think they're just like, "Fuck it, keep it, keep it rolling." That was the funniest part of the movie to me. That was he sneezes know, in his clean rant, suit. His the funniest part of the good. movie to me was. I don't know. There was a part where the bike, uh, the one little guy, got caught under the bike. Um, oh, and he's the, like. Uh, nuts almost hit the wheel yeah <laughs> i think and that was nick nitro i think he he was the one that had the wilhelm scream and i do have something apart. about the names to say i mean, mm-hmm. i probably say it right now go for uh, it but but go for the rest of the cast myths because like the the voice actors for a lot of these toys were was they insane. were they were just a lot of old actors from what? like like the earlier era and some of them you know from war movies and stuff like that even well, they were actually the cast, the original cast of the Dirty Dozen. Exactly. And um, the uh, Gorgons were played by uh, the cast of Spinal Tap. And so... Didn't realize the, that. <laughs> yeah. The, uh, I'll, I'll read off their names here. So the leader of the Commando Elite was Chip Hazard. That was voiced by Tommy Lee Jones. Pretty easy to spot. Yeah. Um, let's see. Voice. Butch Meathook was played by Jim Brown. Uh, Kip Killigan was played by Ernest Borgnine, which I could kind of hear that at times. Link Static was played by Bruce Dern. Brick so Bazooka was George Kennedy. Yes. Uh-huh. And no, Nick Nitro say, was Clint Walker. The uh, the Ernest Borgnine, I, I think they gave him the character that had that nice underbite kind of like yeah. Ernest Borgnine. <laughs> well, I think so. What's, funny, what's funny about it also the is that they, they couldn't seem to like, at first it was just Tommy Lee Jones. It mm-hmm. was just spouting off, you know, fucking cliches from every but then war movie it ever became made. Everybody would just say one, like when they felt like yeah. it. Like <laughs> right. they would just, oh, throw this out there, bounce it off the wall, see what sticks. Which and like, whole the entire the entire 
all of the dialogue in this film was like they went to uh, TV Tropes and pulled out all of the canned responses. Look, well, at the, look at the dialogue that the dad and the son have later on. Oh, They're I literally saying the cheesiest lines possible to each other. Back I, to I don't know what's worse, this or Mr. Freeze's dialogue from oh, Batman. Mr. Freeze's dialogue is much <laughs> Mr. worse. Mr. Freeze's dialogue, yeah. Like, the, the other day, like, it, it, I made me think of this. The other day, there was this meme game passed around that was like basically um, uh, this child molestation joke or something as a what? meme. And people were like, I'm not sure it's worse. This is the minions. I was like, the minions are still worse. Like, the minions are always going to be worse. How did I remind you of child molestation? Because you were like, I was like, I don't know what's worse. And you were like, the, you were like, you were like, Mr. Freeze. Okay. <laughs> All right. Sorry, I, mean, I reminded you funny, of child the, the, the child molestation child joke abuse. wasn't funny at all, but the minions aren't either. Oh, well, no. Justin. I think we're far, far off from where well, where we were before. Well, so yeah, I'm, I'm just going to jump into the. I do the... have a uh, a bridge to that. Speaking <laughs> okay, of minions, go for it. the movie is made by DreamWorks. That's why it looks yes. so good. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, the like, effects were good. good. When I looked Especially... the year up, I was like, Kristen Dunst looks small, and this can't be like the two thousands. <laughs> So why does this look so good? And I was like, ninety-eight. Like, what the yeah. what the hell is going on? Like, this looks really good for the time. Right. It look, was good. I'm, I'm, I'm here to tell you though. We get back into this cast though, Levi. There's a couple of other things on here that like, sh like I was like, my brain just kept exploding. Like yours, man. It's just okay. It, 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 please <laughs> hit the rest of this list because I want people to hear this if they didn't know it. First, I'll go with the Gorgons. Uh, I'm gonna save Archer for last, but um, we have the members of Spinal Tap. Christopher Guest, who is the creator and progenitor of a lot of the the funny movies that include uh, Michael McKean and uh, people whose names I can't think of, Eugene Levy, like Best in Show and uh, A Mighty Wind, those type of movies. Um, he played Slam Fist and Scratch It. And Michael McKean, who most recently you might have seen in Better Call Saul, uh, he did a stint on that show. Very good show if you haven't checked it out. He played Insaniac and Frankenstein, and The Simpsons' own Harry Shearer played Punch It. And it says that there was an uncredited uh, voice for Ocula. I assume that was the big eye. That was actually Jim Cummings, the voice of Winnie the Pooh. Well, so, who was Archer? Archer was Frank Langella. A.K.A. Skeletor. Yes, wow. Skeletor. That's why I was saving him for last. Well, I do have two more names that you might have missed because they're very, 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 very. I, I know Ricci what you're going to say. Sarah Go for Michelle it. Geller. Yes, was, they were the Gwendy dolls. literally fell off my body. I'm like, I had, how are you going to have the two of them, like two real deal 90s icon females as these voices and not put them as billing on this film like point that out like I looked at all the promotional material I'm like they did nothing they didn't even say, mention that I'm like holy well shit. it's funny too because when you watch it I didn't really scroll down that far and then I was like I heard I heard McGeller I, yeah, I heard Geller easy. and then I was like Just okay fine. wait a minute what and then I went and looked and I was like oh it's Christina Ricci also and mm -hmm. I think that I think that it might have been one of those. There, there was this. There was a thing in the '90s that was more common where a movie would sometimes just put a person in it and not credit right. them. And it yeah. was really common because people didn't really go for top billing all the time back then. It was just right. you went to see the movie. Well, mm -hmm. there's another uncredited that's listed that again I caught when I was watching the film again is mm -hmm. Sherry O'Terry right. as the uh, yeah the I saw that one too Globotech <laughs> operator. So I'm like. Oh my god, this movie is like I'm blinded with the amount of stars in this film. But who is this movie for? Like 
I remember it being a kids movie, question. but it's yeah. not really a kids movie. It turns into a like like body horror movie involving <laughs> dolls at one point. Like well, we're get, yeah, we're jumping ahead on that one because I mean, okay, uh, when when you but but along that line, when you talk about the film, it, it does go from this very much uh, like Dante trying to recreate what he did with Gremlins very much and all the different nods we see to Gremlins throughout the film hi I'm a kid and I'm kind of quirky and I have all this stuff in my room and my parents don't get me and uh, I've <laughs> well, got these friends from another place in a movie. sure but Dante this was his thing um, and you go from that to just like Levi was talking about the movie just takes this almost dark comedy turn where it's like it did okay. take a dark comedy. We're, we're well, that's what I'm saying. Is it's like it goes down there, and it's yeah. like, what were they thinking? Was did this movie get batted around the writers' room, and they go, no, 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 this is the film I want to make. No, 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 no. Okay, yeah. Steve, Jerry, we're gonna compromise. We'll let you both be on the same. Film. You know what it seemed like to me? Um, of course, this was a few years after Toy Story, and some of the preliminary stuff I read about it, people were comparing it to Toy Story. I think it yeah. has nothing to do with Toy Story besides toys coming to life. Other than that, the plot to me has absolutely nothing to do with it. So DreamWorks might have been uh there are some shot similarities though. Well, yeah, there are because I mean it's toys and the bike and everything. I Especially understand. with Toy but Story saying, and the part where the dolls are all being worked on by Sid, like there's true, a lot yeah. of that with the Barbie I'm talking dolls. more story-wise. Like oh. yeah, they I agree. I they agree. and my point was going to be that um the story is nothing like Toy Story. And I think that's one reason that this movie didn't um, fare as well. And it did have some great effects and it did have some fun scenes, but they were sort of just orbiting around this sort of tenuous script that they have. And there were some cool moments, but it was almost like three or four different movies were happening in this one movie. Whereas Toy Story, you have an extremely cohesive plot and it, it develops and it has heart and it's paired with that Pixar animation. That's so excellent. This had the great uh, effects and everything. And it kind of brushed up against a story at sometimes, but it just yeah. didn't have the heart in, in multiple meanings. It didn't have the heart that that other show did. And I, I think that was one of its big failings is that it didn't know quite what it was. You know, is it Agreed. a cheesy, Agreed. you know, 90s kids movie? Is it a monster movie? Who knows? <laughs> I, I well, think, I, my understanding of this is that it was originally aimed at teenagers. But yeah. Dante had to, but they wanted to make a toy sale. So Dante had to go back through and tone everything back. I mean, ah, he, that he, makes sense. He, I mean, there's he a few, had to rein himself in. There's a few dams in there. There's a few things that are, a couple times, yeah. that are references that just seems sort of out there for a kid to get. And I was yeah. going to say that one of the things that got this movie in trouble, I remember um, back in 98 when it came out, there was a Thurston High School shooting in Springfield, Oregon by Kip mm. Kinkle. And the Kip Killigan name was similar to that name. And so oh, that wow. got a lot of trouble in the media. Because, wow. um, you know, that was back when every high school shooting turned into like this media fiasco where they like ran around and looked for any excuse to blame anything nearby for yeah. what had happened. And so that was one of the things that happened that I remember there being like controversy surrounding. And it was it was so much so to the point that I want to say that some towns wouldn't play the, play the movie or that it wasn't being sold in certain stores or something like that. I don't remember all that. And it's, it's funny because it was the age of the internet already, but it's like mm -hmm. this sort of black hole 
like early like late 90s you really can't find much from the old internet at that point so when i was looking for the information because i remembered it i could find bits and scraps here and there but i couldn't find like a news article because they didn't really exist at that time i actually right. i actually see something here i have a, couple, a quick note i jotted down it's uh the the care specifically around the kip killigan toy that's in there that Oregon shooting was actually carried out by somebody named Kip King uh, Kinkle. Kinkle. Yeah, so it was a very similar name. Yeah, yeah, that's unfortunate, man. But I mean, I, I think back to the point you were making, Levi, about this being very similar to Toy Story. I think with the cast this had, with the amount of money it had, with the advertising it had, with the graphics it had, with the concept, this could have been a franchise. This could have been something bigger. But there was just something missing, and to me, it was. I could zero in on Archer being a kind of lovable character, but the rest of the the, the Gorgons, the heroes of the film, they were weren't likable. They yeah. weren't likable. They weren't relatable at all. Even the crazy kind of uh, uh, zany one that was basically uh, like the crazy goblin or crazy gremlin from Gremlins Two, mm-hmm. um, Daffy, just wasn't relatable at all. Right. I mean, that, none of those. You didn't want to. I like, mean, Archer, I liked. He had some heart and some definition of character. I, but the rest of them were generic. They were just I think that out. it wasn't just that they weren't relatable. It was just that so many characters were just saying references and yes. not really doing anything else. And it makes you sort of hate them because they're not really interacting with each other. Like, they don't yeah. interact for each other's sake. They just kind of speak past each other. And it's almost mm-hmm. like how when you have, like, a bunch of small children that are, like, three or four, they don't have discussions. They just talk. And, like, mm-hmm. they're talking past right. each other. And it was sort of like watching that. And like I, they they didn't make them childlike. Like they could have done that, made them childlike since they were like new to being alive. Mm-hmm. And they didn't really make them intelligent or likable or even different they, personality. I think like they, they were just speak for, differently. They tried to go with the childlike innocence with their whole window thing. Like what is beyond that? What is beyond that? But it just it never came across because the characters themselves, like you said, Justin, they they were talking at each other. There was no development they didn't talk to each other there's no relationship i mean again go back to toy story woody uh had this relationship with uh the slinky dog and there was this interaction and you felt there was a history with these characters a camaraderie the way the dialogue was built you felt that connection these were just some some toys thrown in a bucket it's kind of like um you know like people talk about the bestel test it's like there needs to be a test of do these characters speak to each other does any character talk (laughs) about anything that's not directly related to the plot or just yeah. <laughs> not directly a reference, and right. they don't. They never do. No, no. And then, and, and, and then they, they don't even really have a development. Like, they go from being like, well, we're, we're designed to lose, to all of a sudden, like, just being like, oh, we have to go help. We're going to, we can yeah. do it this time. For no reason. Right. Yeah. yeah. Right. I, I agree. And when they took that turn, I was like, okay, because I remember, I, I, I didn't see this movie when it first came out, and then I remember people talking about it with fond memories. You know, I, I watched it maybe 10 years ago or more. Um, yeah, when it first came out. Me too. No, no, no. I didn't see it when it first came oh, out. Oh, um, 10 years ago would be 2007, <laughs> not 1998. But um, I saw it m- quite a few years after it came out. Um, but uh, I had been under the impression that the... Uh, the soldiers were the good guys and the Gorgons were the bad guys. And somebody was telling me, Oh no, the Gorgons are the good guys. And rewatching the movie now, I'm like, the Gorgons are almost like neutral characters until the last like 10 minutes of the movie, even Archer. And like you were saying, Gil, he kind of becomes a little bit lovable, but it it's very 
difficult. Yeah. And it's just like, okay, they could have given him a little more something to go on. And they touch upon it, like you said, in the in the window scene where Alan's talking about, don't you feel the wind? Oh, yeah, you can't feel it. And I'm like, that's a very uh, deep thing to talk about. And they kind of brush. They they deal with it in that scene. But then beyond that, they don't they don't really show that development. And, you know, like Justin said, all of a sudden they're like, hey, we're not going to lose anymore. Well, why not? You know, we need to see your development a little exactly. bit. Exactly. And, yeah. and none of the, none of the sure. characters are really all that brave, like, until, no. like, honestly, once once he rescues Kristen Dunst, his, his name is actually just, like, Christy, I think. Once he rescues yes. her, <laughs> she kind of takes over for him. She's always yeah. driving him around. She, she was one of the most kick-ass characters yeah, in this movie. She, her and the, her and the <laughs> mom with the manic, tennis racket. Though. Yes, Alan's manic, mom. Though. Alan's mom. Yeah, but, Yes, well, I mean, mom was she weird. Was, she was totally weird. Well, the, she was weird, well, but she was very. The other Christie's mom was weirder. Christie's mom was the weird. spacey She's like one. on pills or something. Yeah, <laughs> like, that's, that's the impression totally, I got, Justin. I was yeah, like, is she on pills? Is that what they're trying I wrote to say? Down, what did I write it down? I wrote down is Christie's mom on pills. Because, yes, yeah. I wrote a, some. I wrote something similar down. And her, <laughs> her, her dad and her mom sleep through almost this entire interaction. So well, I think they, they must drugs. be sharing the pills. No, they were uh, drugs. Oh, I missed that. You don't that. remember that? Like, the soldiers no. get, like, a bottle of, like, night pills and put them in their drinks. Oh, and my so, God. I totally missed that. Yeah, That's like, cool. there's a scene where, where there's on the couch <laughs> and the soldiers take the pills and put them in the drink. And I don't know why, because, like, it looked like to me Phil Hartman didn't have a drink. But when mm-hmm. he sees his wife is passed out, he, like, looks over and calls her name and then steals her water and starts drinking it. And it's right. the same water. And then he passes out. Oh, too. I somehow missed that. I'm sorry. Thanks for explaining that. But I mean, oh man, this movie was just so weird, though, man. I mean, you you go from that to the the just pure nightmare fuel that was that that uh, oh, doll creation scene. Well, that was and also, weird. and then there's there's a part before that when they see the dolls, and there's like all the weird sexual <laughs> comments, yeah. and then like they're like looking around, like one looks Request at a for bed. a three day pass, sir. Yeah. Denied. And then like, one of them looks at the bed, and I'm like, this is just really creepy, like. And- these are all like 60 year old men uh, gazing at Barbies that are voiced by like 20 something women yeah. that's did yeah. you see the uh, did you guys see some of the at the uh, the box art for those those faux Barbies uh, where it said uh, she's classy she's trendy uh, just all the dumb shit that they printed <laughs> out and put on the actual box well, like, ridiculous it must be a, a Dante trope to just have like either generic bullshit or just like nonsense in the background because yeah. the company names Heartland Play Systems. Could you get a name that was any more like oh the Heartland generic. and then Global Tech? Global Tech is even more generic <laughs> sounding. Yeah, and I was just right. like, like I feel like if I went on Twitter right now, I could hunt Dante down like ranting about like you know the globalist or something. It's just like <laughs> the craziest thing. Hey, how is he going to make a sweeping statement about people if he doesn't catch everybody with the name? Come on, <laughs> or just like make movies about anti-technology stuff? Oh my god. <laughs> Yeah, he's and just I don't get Dante. I I also one one feeling I had watching this movie which I think addresses some of the issues you guys talk about, it felt like a bunch of old guys writing a movie trying to be cool and hip. And it's yeah? it's kind of a similar <laughs> yeah, vibe like oh, when I good. hear when I hear uh, Vince Gill now stay with me here. When I hear Vince Gilligan talking about 
uh, creating Breaking Bad and what they talk about in the writer's room. I don't know if you guys ever listen to those podcasts or hear his interviews, but he has a very like old guy sensibility to him. But I think he has some sort of spark of... um, I don't know. We'll just say cool. He's got the cool and the stuff he does is cool. But I feel like this movie was kind of made by the old guys that are just like, hey, wouldn't this be cool? Let's put in all these war quote movies and let's do this. And it it feels kind of like, yeah, you, you miss the mark a little bit. And that and I feel like that's something that we didn't have in Gremlins 2 because Gremlins 2 wasn't really pointed toward teenagers. It was more just a broad um, takedown of the previous film and films in general. And so it kind of worked and they bring in references like the Phantom of the Opera and, you know, against product placement and things. But in this movie, they had that same sensibility, but they didn't have the depth that they had in that other movie. And so it just, they just throw one liner after one liner and it, it kind of falls flat. There's some moments that are, are fun and there's some moments that could have heart, but they kind of don't put enough attention on those. In my opinion, like Gremlins Two is dedicated to not being a movie. Basically, like there's not true. Yes, it's not really a movie <laughs> as much as it's like a variety show and some sort yes. of torture porn, and then this other thing. <laughs> but this movie was trying to be different mm-hmm. movies. Like there's like the yeah. little romance plot line, which every one of these movies has, and mm-hmm. like the romance plot line was actually kind of troubling because in this ep- in this movie the 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 main male character is kind of a jerk too. Like he he knows she's seeing this other guy, and then he comes into like, <laughs> oh well, like you could see me too. And it's like th- that was a weird thing to do. And then there's this weird like, uh, well, Kristen Kristen Dunst, her character is kind of weird because look at where I was actually headed toward this a little earlier. You look at where she's tied up, and she's all scared and everything else. But then, in like two seconds later, she's giggling while kicking shit out of one of these guys. Mm-hmm. And it's like, is, is she need medication? Is that why her parents take pills? Because she's on medication too? I don't understand. <laughs> and to to shed some more light on this, this makes sense. Um, when I was talking about this, I was thinking this movie some for some reason reminds me of The Burbs, and it's <laughs> Joe Joe Dante directed The Burbs, so I feel like the oh the God, neighbor the neighborly oh. tension that we feel is probably why I I thought of that, and um I think Bruce Stern was in that as well. Um I think he was like the crazy neighbor across the street. It's been a while, but um it feels like this movie is kind of Joe Dante throwing in the stuff that he knows into one movie. And, and just trying to see if he can make it work. Like Gremlins plus uh, the Burbs equal, uh, plus Toy Story equals small soldiers, you know. Well, I don't know if you realize yeah. this, but you said that, but Wendy Shaw, who was one of the moms, is also oh, yes. in the Burbs. Yes, oh, she was. Yeah. I was going to say, that, you God. know, one of, the I things, one of the things that's really funny about this is that we have barely talked about Dennis Leary. And, you know, this is, <laughs> Dennis Leary has one of the he's weirdest, barely in the movie though but he has one of the well, weirdest comedy careers if you think about it because yeah Leary's for sure biggest moments like he like hop skips through time like he's some sort of you know i don't even know Hopefully like fully into the next comedy sketch will be the comedy sketch yeah exactly like he's like he's <laughs> on quantum leap like he uh he he had the he had the whole big thing with the i'm an asshole bit which he by the way stole right. from um uh What's his face? Oh my god! That one guy. 
the other comedian. That's is probably huge. why he swiped it because Dennis. No, 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 no. This this person is way more note, uh, noteworthy. Um, Louis C.K. Like so, he stole that bit from Louis C.K. way back when, and then he's just had this sort of career of hopping into pop culture. Like remember, he had that that rescue well, me is show. Is it hopping? This thing is it hopping or is it ranting? It's leaping into pop. Well, yeah, he has like this. <laughs> he has like these rants he used to do, and he starts one in the beginning of the movie, and I feel like they cut part of it because it, it's it, right. It they starts, had to have. It starts very abruptly and harsh, and then it just kind of peters out real quick. And I'm like, that's not a real Dennis Leary rant. But yeah. then, like, he had that show Rescue Me, and then he vanished for a while. He popped up in the Spider-Man movies, and he's vanished again. Like, I just feel like he's <laughs> going to just reappear somewhere else. And I kind of like him as Captain Stacy. Oh, yeah, I like Captain <laughs> Stacy him. Like, that was really and good. I don't think you need to, to, to breeze past Rescue Me, because I think that showed his acting chops as well. I think he was a producer and a writer, maybe. But, um... I think I personally think he has some acting chops. He just, especially in the '90s, he was caught in this, um, like you said, the ranting. This was very reminiscent of Demolition Man, which was a couple of years earlier. I was about earlier. to say, if oh we did not God. bring up Demolition Man yeah. again, we'd be very remiss in Stop not making that fun of my out. movie. So he's, <laughs> dude, dude, I love that movie. That movie, is, movie <laughs> you need to cool. listen to our podcast, man. The movie is so crazy. <laughs> the Taco Bell thing. Oh my God! Listen to our <laughs> podcast. <laughs> I think we're gonna have a retrospective where we put but, we should do that on that with Justin. But it, I would be down I, for that. I, I think we did lose half the recording. I think that it's bad <laughs> to blame Leary for that, though. I think it's a com- yeah. comedian thing. Like there was that between yeah. Sam Kennison and like the mid two thousand between oh, like Sam Kennison, Sam Kennison. and Don't like get me started um, on him. what's his face, the, the guy no one can stand anymore. Carlos um, Mencia? No, no, no. <laughs> The, the the white dude. I did it. I took a shot at Carlos. Come at me, Carlos. Oh, I don't think Carlos Mencia has the gas money to get to you. I was um, going to say, I don't know if he has an internet connection. <laughs> really? Carlos Mencia is living in a box somewhere. If he hears this Ooh. podcast, he can totally come get me. Um, we'll have you on the say? podcast, Carlos. That would be hilarious. From the bowl ball, taking a hard stance against Carlos Mencia. Yeah. Ten years too You can late. come on our show, Carlos. Yeah, totally. We'll have you. What's his name? Uh, he was an American God, by the way, too. I, I'm a trying to look him white up. White male comedian that nobody likes anymore. Mm. That's a wide net. No, it's it, not. Ooh, I, I, I could say some names, but I know I'm going to alienate some people. No, you're not. Hold on. I totally am. Okay. I totally so, am. Kramer? No, 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 no. <laughs> early 2000s, popular. Hold on. Jerry, the toys are alive. You guys are. You guys <laughs> Remake are Small Soldiers with the cast of Seinfeld. Oh, my God. I would God. watch that. Let's do that. Uh, Dan Cook. There it goes. <laughs> Dan Cook. They're alive, Jerry. I know they're alive. Dane Cook. Is it Dane Cook? Oh, Dane Cook. That makes sense. I was going to say Dane Cook, but I'm like, there's some people out there that are diehard fans. Wait, 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 wait. You know people who are diehard fans of Dane Cook. Like, that's the hill they're going to die on? They listen to From the Bone Vault? Who are these people? I'm not, I'm not saying who are the cross more. section of people who are not if you're trapped a fan in of some Dane sort Cook. of Groundhog Day situation in 2004 <laughs> who are also still fans of Dane Cook? I'm pulling a Yakko at this point and I'm going to pull out the good night folks. And I'm no, I'm not. No, if you're a fan, there. if you're a fan of Dane Cook and you would like to defend him, please email us at from the bone vault at gmail.com. We might even yeah, have you, you on the show. You can, we will have you can this at me on Twitter at, at CTK 86 because I want to find out go. if there's anybody out there who still has Justin the capacity Kanan. to use Twitter and Tweet also like Dane Cook. Whatever Justin the Kanan. symbol was. It, 
thing. Yeah, his thing. weird thing. His weird, his weird thing. shocker. Justin Kanan, internet superhero, will debate <laughs> you till you die on this. There's one. no, de- there's no debate. Like they cast Dan Cook in American Gods because he's so hateable. Like it was intentional, and he needs right, the work. We, weren't we talking we about a straight. movie? We were talking about a movie called Small Soldiers. We went so far at the reservation. This is what happens when we don't research. Oh my god, we have research. No. I so, know we have researched. I want to toss this out there and I want to put it to the audience as well because mm-hmm. we, we are getting, I think, kind of toward the end here. And I want to make sure I get this out there. At the at the epic battle at the end of the film, and they're trying to get things set. They're trying to get this EMP blast to go off and nuke and mess up the chips. All right? quiet on the Western front. Yard. Right. He, he, <laughs> he goes up the pole. He's up there. He's got his showdown with Chip. It's the end. And this is where we're going to get our one-liner because we've had all these guys from Dirty Dozens. We've had all these people. We've got this stellar cast. We've got this. Uh-huh. One-liners have been dropped through this entire movie. And his line at the end is... You stupid toy? Yes. What? <laughs> yeah. I mean, that was no, 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 no. That was unacceptable. I'm yeah. like, you could. Did they let him just come up with his own line in that one? And he, that was what he came up but with. But Gil, was it worse than, hey kid, don't you like nine inch nails? Oh, that was they're shooting cool. nails at him. What I'm trying to figure out also is, can you make an EMP like that? That doesn't seem right at all. I don't. I was wondering the same thing myself. I was like, you um, can like, like, like they they were like, oh yeah, everything has an electromagnetic you know field around. I was like, yeah, that makes sense. But, but like, the, a transformer wouldn't have that big a one. I don't think like a nuclear weapon has an EMP because you know. Of a I'm reason. wondering. Well, they even bring that up. They actually bring up yeah. a nuke, and they say, yeah. But, like, I don't know. I wonder how many 90s kids went up and tried to F with that and actually create an EMP and went eat and wound up on the Well, ground, I mean, like, you know? the, the, the steps they took to do it, the kid would have to have a lot of help. You had to have all yeah. the appliances in the house running and then blow the transformer, which, right. which to me, it was weird how they, they, they did all that work. And then to have Kristen Dunst just get on a lawnmower and run over like eighty percent of the toys. I love that. I was that like, part. Kristen Dunst is doing all the work, and you guys yeah. could have just got a group of lawnmowers and weed eaters and stuff. Alan's oh, just how, wondering how dope around. Would that have been? Alan's just wandering around, not knowing what to do. She's running behind him, sweating, hitting things. She and... was the hero of this film. There should have been Kristen. like a Home Alone esque, like we lure them inside yes. and like have a cool. war with them. And like, so when we recast this with the group, with the cast of Seinfeld, uh, are we going to have it be the Home Alone? They set up traps. Or are we going to have them come out with a fleet of riding lawnmowers and they just go to town on these guys? Uh, uh, I think you do the traps, and I think that in the recast, the the uh, the chip no. commander one has to be the Rock. The Rock. <laughs> <laughs> and they eventually get them to go to Boca del Vista, and then all of the old people come out on their riding lawnmowers. Oh my god! That well, I mean, I, I have oh like you're talking about like crossover with Seinfeld. There's some there's some crossover between Seinfeld and a lot of weird things, like Kramer and his pigmen and stuff, and it's just you could bring <laughs> all that in there. Yeah, I, I do want to s- say something about how this movie is not necessarily dated. In a lot of major ways, I think one thing they did is, besides the Spice Girls, which I thoroughly enjoyed <laughs> on many levels, but um, I, I owned a Spice Girls CD, but um, that part was funny and kind of dated. But other than that, they used music that was not contemporary music, so that didn't really date the film. What's but there were a, 
yeah like led zeppelin but there were a couple of things in the movie that definitely date it and one of them was when when they have the ransom tape they send a vhs tape to alan's (laughs) room which i loved (laughs) but the other thing was when phil hartman is putting up the the satellite and the neighbors are talking about well can't he just get a smaller satellite and mr abernathy says no, I don't think those small things can get as many channels. <laughs> and I feel like that's <laughs> such a dated way to look at that. Because we true, had one it? of those huge ones. Huh? Is that even true? It was probably in the 90s. We had large we never had a large dish like a, when well, I was in the 90s. We did. My granddad, my granddad had one when he uh, he's out in, in Mineola, Texas. He's out in the middle of nowhere. And he had one of those massive dishes that like when, mm-hmm. when you went to switch bands and jump between, you could literally go look at the satellite dish move in order to retrain yeah. Yeah. where it needed to be. Those things were awesome. Well, but Well, I think that what was weird about that was that I, I started searching. I was like, is that a real thing? Because I used to work for a dish company, and I oh, never okay, heard that. Yeah. And some of our customers still really? did have large dish, dishes like in 2012. So like people still had those because wow. they had put it up themselves. Or they lived in, they like, rural Alaska. <laughs> and, uh, well, no, if you live in Alaska, you have to aim your disc at the ground, basically, to get signal. Because oh, wow. the horizon is where the satellite is. So you have to aim, like, right oh. across the horizon. And wow. I was like, this doesn't sound... Like, a lot of the technology stuff, like, they just put the chip in the little head of people. Yeah. And they just get a <laughs> personality. Like, mm-hmm. when they took the chip out of the one soldier and put it in the dolls, they should have just been... Like his personality. Clones of him. Exactly. I think that would have been funnier. It I had the same thought. Way funnier. Dude, it would have been creepy as hell. A whole bunch of female versions of it was him. It's already pretty creepy. With, that would have been. Ah. <laughs> so before we stray away from it, and so we make time for this because this was the best. Uh, what, Levi, you mentioned music. So let's talk about music in this film real quick. You want me to tell um, you what I want? What I really, really want? <laughs> no, no, okay. no, no. I'm sorry, I'll tell, you, I'll tell you what we talked about right before we started recording. <laughs> you know what? Guys, they- I, can, <laughs> I can improve upon this song, though. I can improve upon this. Because the problem is that it's Bone Thugs. It should have just been LL Cool Day singing about being a toy. Gil's got to describe it. Hold on. Let's, let's set the stage here, guys. There is a Bone Thugs in Harmony featuring Henry Rollins... Remix of the song War. Mm-hmm. The War. Good God, y'all. And that's all I can do with fair use. Um, <laughs> I, I, we will it's... put the link to the music video <laughs> in the show notes, guys. <laughs> Please do yourself the favor and go look at this video. Yeah. It is the craziest damn thing I have seen. And I watched this movie. I don't think yeah. that's how fair use works, Gil. I think if you sing the song, it's okay. <laughs> It is it, in Gil's it, world. It's actually, oh it's actually in the um, the movie. That song's in the movie, by the way. It's at the mm-hmm. very end. Yeah, yeah. No, yeah, it's, it's, this no, version. I, I don't mean this version. I mean the actual song is in the movie. Yeah. At oh, one the point. original. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And it's it's. I don't know what they what possessed them to say like this combination of things. They have, I think, three of the four guys from Bone Thugs in there, and they are in this post apocalyptic, almost steampunk like gear. Well, Justin had a good descriptor for it. I yeah. Go ahead, Jay. Oh, I said it was basically like a Bobo uh, California Love video. Yeah, <laughs> right. Which, is, like which is already a Bobo, um, um, you know, road, road warrior. So it was right. so weird, and I just don't, I can't. And the 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 
it, we talk about the the 3D uh, in this thing. They had the the two main characters, Archer and Chip, uh, synchronized with Henry Rollins and with the Bone Thugs uh, guys, and rapping along with them. I'm and, like, I I can't yeah. parse this. Well, I mean, I, it, I can see what happened was it, it was in '98, and it was close to the end of the decade, and the '90s had a very weird through line where. You had like rock and roll was on a decline because by 2001, rock and roll was basically out of the pop charts. And you had like rap coming up and you have comic, like it was, they were trying to combine things. It's the same reason why you have like Super Bowl shows that are Coldplay and, you know, some other act that shouldn't be there with Coldplay or at all. The rise of groups like Limp Biscuit around it. Oh my God. I'm so embarrassed. I used to like Limp Biscuit or Kid Rock. (laughs) Dude, oh hey, rip, rip, rap rock was a thing. It was seriously a thing. It was, <laughs> I mean, it was but like, like, oh my god, it's two great tastes that taste great together. It's like three you know, three dollar bill, y'all. Was the first that, that we should have known better <laughs> then. And then like I Kid Rock, Kid Rock even worse. And like that's what I think that they were trying to go for was was yeah. that was that that merger. And it, it's sad mm-hmm. is that they could have just got a better group. It could have just been the Chili Peppers. It would have been well, fucking yeah. fine. There is somebody that did the, that did this better. Go look at Space Jam. Space Jam did a song about the Monstars called "Hit 'Em High." Yeah, that's a good that song. Soundtrack. It was excellent, and it was a it was a star-studded uh, rap group. It was LL Cool J, Buster Rhymes. Um, that song's better than oh the movie. God, I can't remember. Oh yeah, true story. <laughs> Method Man. You, you were saying that there's only three members of Bone Thugs. Was it like a was, was we need to look into that more? Was that like a uh, thong song situation where they started out with everybody recording it and then everybody quit on the job? <laughs> Honestly, the have, quality on that video was so bad I couldn't tell. Oh man, but I mean that's the ni- it's ninety eight, dude. Like, yeah, I, d- I did find it like, pretty terrible. You're watching the video on like eighteen times resolution screen than they had back then. Like, it's yeah. maddening how much well, the, better our screens are. Well, the, that's not just it. The the encoding of it and whoever ripped it, it's oh. it's not a very high quality. Was the file rip. name still, like, WMV or whatever? Probably. <laughs> <laughs> that's the name of the video on YouTube. Yeah. <laughs> so, I, I, again, I'm probably going to get some angry emails on this one, but uh, I can't pinpoint another actual, like, thing that I would say is in the vicinity of steampunk. Or I shouldn't say steampunk. Yeah, I mm-hmm. guess steampunk would be the accurate thing. This video has a very steampunk quality to it, and I'm wondering if this was part of that inspiration. Because I, again, I can't. I like Tank Girl had a very post-apocalyptic mm, look. Steampunk has origins before that. Uh, they, before '98, they date back to the '60s or so. Really? There's some I books. Thought- there's some books from the '60s that are alternate history. Like there's one of them where. Uh, the Queen of England gets the nuclear bomb and it's during the Napoleonic Wars and it's basically about them deciding if they're going to use this bomb to stop Napoleon or find another way and it's totally steampunk like it's written in the 60s and it didn't have a name yet but it's the same way that some things don't have a name till way later like but, right. you know but wasn't but wasn't like the things that Jules Verne wrote and stuff like that yeah, that's wasn't steampunk. that like a progenitor to steampunk yeah, yeah like I mean uh, Jules so Verne's it's not just a, weird, a modern yeah he's just uh, a weird dude aesthetic though, so yeah. uh, and, and before authors. I forget because we're getting close to the we're getting close to the tail end of this, this beast here yep. true story um, true story is the post credit scene which Gil and Levi did not see and it's not I really didn't, a I scene the movie off. it's more or less well here's what happened 
I, I have an Apple TV and I'm used to just checking the end of a movie now. So you just get your uh -huh. hand and slide over on the remote and see if there's a picture at the very end. If there's a picture mm -hmm. there, then you you know, oh, there's a post credit scene. And I don't know why I did that, because this is not a Marvel movie or something modern that would have that. <laughs> but I slipped to <laughs> the end and I saw to go a see. scene. So you started up after the credits and it's just a little blooper of Phil Hartman saying something. And just being like, oh, man, like he messed up. And it says for Phil. I thought that was sweet because Phil Hartman died Aww. right right after this movie, right before we released or right yeah. after it released. And like that so was sad. a that was a really big blow. Like news radio basically uh, went off the air because of that. And Simpsons lost like half of their cast because he was playing everybody at that point on that show. And mm -hmm. so when I first saw Phil Hartman, I was like, oh, this kind of endeared me to the movie because as a kid watching this, I didn't remember he was there. I didn't remember half of these people. I remember Kristen Dunst because this is back when I liked Kristen Dunst. And <laughs> like anybody else in the movie, I was just kind of like, I didn't realize they were there. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good point. Yeah. And yeah, Phil, Phil Hartman's definitely going to be missed. Yeah. He's well, still guys, I, I know. I know. I think with that, I, th I really think we can put the nail in this coffin and call it a night. Um, let's just do a quick, quick round. What did you guys, what did you guys think of the film overall? Let's we'll start with Justin. What were your, what were your thoughts? On um, that? this is kind of my, my first ever pick of this. Like I came up with the idea. Um, it fared better than I remembered it being. Like for all the shit we gave it, it was, <laughs> it, it, it looks a lot better than you expected to. Like going into this, I that was my big fear was that. It was going to look like someone was just moving toys in stop motion, but it totally looks, it looks almost like it could be made today. Like even scenes where they're shooting with people in scene with the creatures, like we talked about on Gremlins how every time Gizmo had to walk, it was like super jarring. And this is the complete mm -hmm. opposite. I'm not even sure what DreamWorks did to make this look this good. Um, other than that, though, the movie is it's just problematic. It's it's kind of bad. It's kind of it, it feels like it's early '90s when it really isn't, and it feels like they they had a lot of different plot lines they really didn't get to do. They didn't really expand on anything they proposed, and then some of the characters are, are manic and bounce between two states without any real reason. Um, right. Like Kristen Dunst is a good example. So I mean, like. It's it's not the worst movie ever. It's not Trolls Two, but it's also not going to win any awards either. I agree. Um, I guess I'll go next. I I feel kind of similarly. Um, I think it makes sense. I think Justin, you brought up the fact that Joe Dante kind of started production on this film or or started the conception of this film, and the they wanted to make toys from it. And I feel like this movie could have benefited from being a little more uh, maybe if it was rated R it could explore some of those uh, deeper ideas that it was brushing up against and it could and I felt like I don't think it was because I don't think they thought this far into it but it almost seems like it's making some sort of statement about soldiers and war um, I can't quite oh, oh no, make it out what it is. is it tries it, it tries yeah it tries <laughs> but it I don't think it's very successful. I will say, um, before I, I say exactly how I felt about the film, I I, I was reminded a lot of uh, Avatar in this. Just f the the Gorgons being the whatever the, the big noble blue savage. Are. Yeah, the noble savage, and then the the military coming in, and plus Chip Hazard looks like that dude 
totally from yeah. uh, Avatar. But yeah, the the idea of the noble savage through Archer kind of reminded me of that. Um, but anyway, uh, I, I kind of feel like Justin, the movie isn't as bad as I was thinking it would be. And the effects are pretty amazing for um, for the time for period for 98. Yeah. yeah. And this is right on the heels of I think Toy Story was 95 or 96. Mm-hmm. And so this was a few years after that. And the effects are different because they're meant to look real, whereas Toy Story is completely CG and, right. you know, textured and everything. Um, and I think it's very successful. And I don't know if we mentioned it or not, but Stan Winston had a hand in the effects. Uh, I'm assuming the practical effects and the practical effects were cool. And I could tell because of my 2017 eyes where the computer effects started yeah. and the practical effects started. <laughs> but that didn't make it a bad experience for me. Um, and I think technologically looking at this movie and also looking at this movie as a collection of a bunch of actors that I'm interested in, um, at least tangentially some of them, but some of them like Phil Hartman, it's anytime I can see Phil Hartman on screen, I'm happy. And so I think this movie is enjoyable on that sort of surface level and it does have some plot issues, but there were also some some fun moments and Dick Miller's character. We didn't talk much about him, but I thought his truck driver was a really good character. And he was kind of like a sane version of his character on gremlins. Like maybe uh, Marty, I think it was Murray, Marty had Murray Murray had gone to some psychological counseling and he had taken some medication and now he just had this kind of cushy job (laughs) and he got his big payout at the end when Dennis Larry hands him a big check. But uh, anyway, if you're looking for something that evokes the 90s and you want to see some pretty decent special effects and hear lots of one-liners from war movies throughout the <laughs> decades, then definitely check this movie out. And Gil, why don't you give us your opinion? Yeah, I'll round it out. I don't know. For me, this was just – it was a trip down memory lane because I remember all the advertisements surrounding this film. I remember <laughs> watching it as a kid. Uh, this is a ridiculous amount of advertising around this one. Um, and – I had a different expectation coming in than when I watched it. I thought it was going to be a real... I was going to feel the same way I did when I watched Critters again, when I watched Gremlins again. Mm-hmm. And I'll be honest, I didn't. I, yeah. I, I did not get that same sense of, of nostalgia and wonder from this film that I was hoping to get. Um, to key off the practical effects side, I wish this movie had been solidly practical effects. Yeah. I think that the the toy, like legitimate toy versions of them that talked looked so much better. And I think the mm-hmm. film would have been a little more endearing uh, if we'd have been able to cuddle the toys, as it were. Um, uh, let's just real quick jump into what Nim would think. Nim wouldn't even watch this film. He'd go, is that from the 90s? <laughs> Hell no. Um, and he'd move on with his night. Um, yeah, I mean, for, for me, it, it's it's worth a watch if you haven't seen it. But if you've seen it, I don't know if it's worth going back. <laughs> That's your choice That's to make. <laughs> but I will say this. Definitely go watch that music video because that is the most bonkers thing you're going to see. <laughs> yeah, I'll put a link in, guys. I think that the music video really works better if you've seen the movie recently. And the other thing I'll say is that the effects in this almost seem like tentpole because there's some yes. movies that aren't necessarily good, but their, their effects are tentpole. And this mm-hmm. and like Transformers 1. I remember when I saw Transformers 1, I was like, is that a real robot they built? Like, you couldn't tell. And I think there's some things, and people always talk about Avatar and stuff like that, but, like, that movie had, like, all the money in the world, and I don't think this movie had that much money, and it still looks really good. Yeah, 
Yeah, I mean, like I said, I don't, I don't mean to to, to dump on the on the the actual graphics, but I think I'm just that guy that loves practical effects. You yeah. know what I mean? If I could make 3D effects go away until it's seamless, I would. Well, I want a puppet every time. I, I think practical effects work best when they're used with CG cleanup. Like, um, you know, the the last Mad Max movie, everybody was giving it all this like praise about being practical effects, but the director was like, it's not all practical. It's a very, very careful mix of the two, and it works because of that. And so I think they were trying to do that with this movie, but they just, they didn't have it yet because it was 98. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they fell short. Yeah. But again, again, not, not a terrible movie. Not one I'd point at quickly. Um, so I think, guys, I think that'll do it. Like I said, nailing the coffin on this guy. And I think uh, our next film up to round out Mini Menace Month is going to be one that <laughs> I am exceptionally excited to watch with these guys. Uh, we are going to be watching, to finish out Mini Menace Month, The Gate. And I am as excited as I can be, <laughs> and I am so charged, because that movie is insane. It's going to be fantastic. Um, so, as always, guys, the two locations you can catch us on the web are fromthebonevault.podbean.com. That's fromthebonevault.podbean.com for our main site. As well, all roads lead back to Midnight Lair, the uh, parent uh, production for the entire uh, production, as it were. Mid- that's uh, midnightlayershow.com. Levi, if they want to email us, where do they reach out? That's from the bone vault at gmail.com. And we also will have all of these episodes eventually up on YouTube. If you'd rather watch there, just search for midnight layer on YouTube and you can find us there. Excellent. And real quick, uh, Justin, anything you'd like to plug uh, at the end of the show here for me? Uh, I already plugged my Twitter where you can come attack me about Dane cook if you want. And um, <laughs> that's pretty much it that's going on for me right now. Cool, cool. I think we got some things potentially in store down the road. I think you're still cooking up on the podcast realm, but we'll we'll give you the uh, make sure we uh, get those out there at the end of the end of the uh, episodes. Uh, Levi, what about you? What you got coming out, buddy? Well, actually, as we record this tomorrow, I'm going to release the first video in my garage movie reviews uh, YouTube channel. And unless something horrible happens, you should be able to access it now. You can search garage movie reviews on uh, YouTube and I'll also put a link in the description. I just talk about movies. So, yeah. Yeah. That's going to be excellent, man. I can't wait. Um, just real quick, uh, another another product that uh, uh, is available that has Gil on it is a podcast I do with two other dad friends of mine called Hi Hungry, I'm Dad. Uh, it's three nerdy dads talking about uh, nerdy dad fads. So it's it's uh, a little more unfiltered than this one is, so prepare yourself <laughs> if you come in. It's uh, We use some choice language. More unfiltered than me? Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. That's true. Not too many things are. Uh, well, with that, guys, uh, thank you for being with us tonight. And uh, as always, I'm Gil. And I'm Levi. And I'm Justin. Stay scary and have a great night. Roll out. Wait, that's Transformers. <laughs> <laughs> Never mind. It's late. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>